Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. This episode we are tackling yet again another Patreon vote winner, because that's all we have to do right now, because we were behind. We're behind on these. Although, uh, uh, worth mentioning, we're actually going slightly out of order now uh, in terms of which ones we're tackling of these, because uh, this was actually one of the more recent picks, but this is because Connor decided to watch this randomly. Well, yeah, here's the thing. I didn't know this was in, even in the vote, let alone the vote winner, because Pete doesn't bother telling me these things. And oh. <laughs> I just put it on because I'd heard a couple of good things and went, sure, I'll check it out. And this was before all the, you know, the awards nominations. So I didn't you know it was like quite at that point. But I thought, yeah, I'll check it out. And and then Pete's like, what the hell did you watch that for? And I was like, oh, well, uh, guess you should just watch that then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, yes, we were doing Parasite. Parasite as the is the you know big big kind of like out of nowhere film from last year like it got a lot of buzz like almost like just all of a sudden there was this korean film that everyone was talking about which happens every so often with korean films actually korea seems mm. to produce some of these uh, gems that kind of come out and capture the world by storm and this is probably the biggest example of it because i remember this actually getting a pretty decent theater run in the u.s which is you know not that that common it, it, it really oh kind of stuck out as being more notable I, I almost i do genuinely feel if something like old boy came out now it'd have even more fanfare now than it would have back in 2003 i think the world's oh, changed absolutely. enough that you know they get more buzz now but uh, yeah i kind of want to credit um <clears throat> kind of online streaming with a lot of that i think just the yeah. availability of of uh foreign movies is so much easier now as opposed to having to go and buy you know a random dvd or blu-ray yeah, uh, so of course we'll start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. And this one it does have a lot of things you could spoil on it, so I would definitely, you know, mm. maybe watch this, listen to the spoiler-free section, and if you want to go watch it, if you've not seen it already, then uh, go do that. Uh, but yeah, Bong Joon-ho is the director, and I've got a really up-and-down relationship with this director. Like, like for every movie of his that I really like, there's one I'm really lukewarm on and just don't care about. I think this is only the third of his movies I've seen, and I like the I've liked them progressively more from each one I've seen. Like you know, the first one was like that's pretty good. Well, and I, I was I'm, like, oh, I really like that. Well, I'm going to go through the future length movies of his that I've seen. Right, in order. The first one, 2003, was Memories of Murder, hmm. which is a very good uh, thriller about a serial killer, a true, a real serial killer. Uh, which interestingly, uh, it has a very sort of like uh, like ambiguous ending because it's based on a real case that was never solved uh only this past year i think there was actually i, th- I think they solved it or they found someone <laughs> they actually solved oh, really? the crime in real life just this past year and everyone was sort of joking hey sequel time <laughs> we've, we've got an ending now <laughs> go, go in. um that's what you don't need a sequel you just need like a, a dlc patch update to the end yeah i mean to be fair i, I think the movie was largely about it kind of the the almost the pain of never getting an answer so it almost defeats the point of the movie to like add on an ending now but in real life there's there's no an ending <laughs> it's just one mm. of those weird things uh but that's a very good movie uh, i recommend that one um then he did the host in 2006 uh which that does get a lot of buzz and people do like that a lot i'm uh, not that yeah. fond of it honestly i thought it was just okay a friend of mine loves that movie I uh, I was kind of disappointed by that one. I, I didn't really get what the, the buzz was about. Uh, and then he did Mother, uh, not to be confused with the Aronofsky uh, movie. This is from 2009. And this is another one I really like. This was about uh, this uh, this mother of this sort of grown man's son, but he's he's kind of like, he's mentally ill. He's, he was mentally challenged. And 
it's about what she's sort of done to like help him and it gets kind of dark and it's a very twisting turn. I don't want to spoil anything but uh, really really good really good unraveling of a story that one um and then I did Snowpiercer which while the world seems to love I think is like a solid 6 out of 10 <laughs> I, I, I think it's an 8 personally I think it's a really good movie I don't think it's quite as high as some people seem to give it I'll, I'll grant you some people are insistent it's a 10 and it, it's not I, I think I think the ending is laughably pretty bad, but I mean that's you know a conversation for another time. Uh, and I did Ogja. Uh, this was a Netflix movie, uh, which was kind of partially in English, partially in Korean. It had kind of a mixed thing. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of lukewarm in this one as well. I, I I wanted to like it, but I didn't really, you know. I I get yeah, I liked that one less than I liked Snowpiercer for sure because those are the only other two I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I liked it less than that by a, a reasonable amount, but it's still, yeah, it's all right. It's that's probably like a six and a half, maybe. Yeah, I, I know. I respect what the movie was doing for you know, for its message. It, it just, I just never really felt it. it. Felt like its message was in front of the actual uh, story and the, the filmmaking itself with the characters. It felt like the message was sort of in the way of like actually telling the the story. Uh, they should sort of, you know, they should be equal and they should marry each other perfectly and I never felt that way to me in that movie. And then I did Parasite. And Parasite comes out, has all this buzz. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited because it's getting all this buzz. But the last... The your head. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, he's done three films out of five that I've seen. Is that how oh, I got my numbers right? One, two, three, four, four. Yeah. Out of the five that I'd seen previously, all of which had some amount of buzz. I really liked two of them and was very lukewarm uh, on the other three. Didn't hate them. Like, none of them are like terrible movies, but wasn't in love with them. So I'm going to end this thinking, well, you know, I hope it's good. I hope it's, you know, up to the standards of those two that I really like, because that, that would be nice. Um, uh, or, or, or does it even, you know, does it even the playing field, you know, because if this, if this is great, then that's me. I'm even 50, 50, three, three, three lukewarm, three there, greats. There are, there are directors with a lot worse odds than that. There is, there absolutely is. And directors that I really like that have worse, worse odds than that. Honestly, they've just made enough movies over the years that they've eventually turned out some shite. Yeah. They've, they've accumulated enough good ones over the decades that, Hey, I really like Spiel, them. Spielberg springs to mind. Nah, he's a bit different because he he was really good for a couple of decades and then has been really mediocre since. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Over over the whole filmography. Yeah, but that's the, different. I'm thinking more someone like Ridley Scott who makes bad stuff in between the good stuff. That's true. Yeah. And then every so often he hits you with a great movie. It's like, oh, Ridley Scott still got it, but then he makes like three stinkers after that. And then he's, he's, there's another one yeah. that's great. You know, Spielberg yeah. wasn't like that. Spielberg was pretty much all gold up until the mid nineties, and then it's been kind of there's spotty. a dividing line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ba- basically, the, the the combo of Jurassic Park and Schindler's List just took it out of them, and since then, it's just not been quite the same. And I know some people are going to argue and say Saving Private Ryan. They're wrong. It's a good opening, I'll give you that, but everything else after that is is kind of sentimental and hampered by the fact that it doesn't live up to that opening. Anyway, I'm going into a tangent. Uh, so, this is a Parasite, and I mean, the premise, all I can give you premise-wise, because I don't want to spoil much, is just to say that a, a poor family basically kind of wrangle their way into getting a bunch of jobs for this rich family, the Park family. Um, it starts off with the son getting the, the job fairly legitimately. And I say fairly, it's not it's not 100%, but it's, you know... he's a rec- recommendation from yeah. his friend. It's, he's recommended, he's supposed to be like a college student, uh, and he's going to tutor the, the teenage girl in the family. And he kind of gets that fairly legit, but then from there there's this knock-on thing where he kind of like 
lies about knowing someone who can do this job but, but it's actually his sister and it kind of it pro- progresses from there and that is all i'm going to say in spoiler free uh, everything else i feel like you have to yeah. go in not knowing uh so i will ask the question because obviously this was the first watch because it was a new movie but uh Connor, how do you feel about parasite uh i i am fully with the the film circle saying that i, I love this movie hmm? uh, I'm completely on board Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I thought you were going to jump in with yours there. Uh, no, usually you, you usually talk for an annoying amount of time. Actually, I thought I had plenty of time to take a drink. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel like this movie is maybe flawless. I, I'm struggling to think of anything, <laughs> to be honest with you, that, that I can really say <clears throat> negatively about it. Uh, so this is where Pete going to tell me, oh, it's just all right. Uh, that is not the case. I thought this was very good, uh, easily, and he's 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 better half. If I'm, if I'm describing his, his <laughs> filmography in the two the two tiers here, uh, this is definitely in the better half. And what's so funny about this is that I can compare it directly to Snowpiercer because they're both about class systems. And I think this is so night and day above Snowpiercer. It's not even close how much better this handles, how much wittier, how much more... Uh, I mean, I don't even say subtle, but how... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, more poignant, more... Uh, just there's, there's a more of a, a delicate touch and it's not that it's like i say it's not subtle but it does it in this way that just it's really inventive and playful and not just here's the sci-fi trope that you've had a hundred times before and we're going to beat you over the head with it and make it just so bluntly sure. obvious in your face on that i i was a little glad that it wasn't sci-fi because i went in very very kind of blind knowing that you know the last two movies were you know hooked your snow piercer and then you know, it's called Parasite. I'm like, okay, is there something? Uh, <laughs> you know, just in the back of that, because that's where, you know, the, the last couple of movies coming off of that and, and seeing the name. Uh, so it was refreshing to see <clears throat> that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's just not a sci-fi movie. No, I, I don't no. think it's saying much and, to say that. But and, You know, you mentioned Snowpiercer. I, I liked Snowpiercer more than you did, but this is still, like, leagues above it. Yeah, I don't... I feel, I feel like... Honestly, I think this director, see when he stays with grounded characters, because I think it's really obvious, if you look at the movies of his that I like, they're all grounded thriller dramas, maybe with some some humour, but they're all like these realistic sort of, you know, things. Whereas the yeah. movies that I don't like by him, The Host, Okja, and Snowpiercer, it's all the stuff with the, the monsters or the animals or uh, the train in the post-apocalyptic future <laughs> like it's, it's all yeah, the, the the sci-fi ones which is funny because i i love science fiction i love you know more more often than not i will say not given the sci-fi that uh, you know half of this director's filmography but this is the one director where i don't like his, his sci-fi and fantasy stuff it's, it's the it's the more grounded set in the real world where he's making dramatic points he's talking about people in society and he's talking about these things because mm. all of those three movies do that and this one maybe even more so than the other two um but they all have something to say. He's a, he's a very vocal director about what he, you know, and his work that is about something. And I think this movie, it's so confident in what it's doing. The, the opening shot, and I always say this, movies should do this more often. And, and lots of like, you know, movies that aren't like well crafted don't do this. But it's something that I said about 1917 recently. You know, I saw that, I reviewed it with Tara. How the opening shot of that movie, now I meant to that's a weird statement because it's technically all one shot, but I just mean the opening moment, right? Yeah. In like 10 seconds, it tells you what the theme of this movie is, right? Something as simple 
uh, as you know one hand reaching for the other and pulling his friend up as being the focus of like the first minute of that sh- you know the, the movie and it tells you okay that's what this movie's about it's about this camaraderie it's about those two i'll leave it at that go see 1917 if you haven't because it's fantastic and go and watch me and towers review also a great movie from 2019 yes um this movie does a very similar thing the opening shot you're looking at a street and we you know we can see it from, from through a window because the window's quite dirty right but you're looking at a street and then the camera just comes down it just cranes down uh down to like you know where someone's sitting on a bed and it makes it very clear that we're going sort of underground you know we start up in the street and we go below the street so simple we're going beneath this line we're going beneath this you know to the working class we're going to this lower uh tier of lifestyle right it's so yeah. simple and it tells you immediately there's people up here but these people are down here and that's it. And actually, when I was reading up about the movie afterwards, uh, how it is kind of a, a, a thing in Korea to talk about uh, people who live underground or live in these like half basements. It's, it's very much seen as like a sort of you know lower class poverty lifestyle. Like it's a very specific thing. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's something that's relatively common there. You know, whereas you know, like we don't have that around here. We don't have these semi basement places. It's not. No, I, I feel you know. I I could think of our own kind of equivalent but... equivalents yeah but it, it would look different of course yeah uh so and the movie plays with that it, it plays with that and then it plays with that within that as well which is wonderful it, it you know it, it it takes that opening shot and then that's the your thesis your thesis for the movie is that opening moment and then the movie delves into it and from that second it felt confident i felt like okay this is and obviously i didn't really know what the themes of the movie were until it, you know a few scenes started going and I got, I got what it was doing but um thinking about it again you know after seeing some of the movie and then especially when i'm done with it i'm like yeah that opening shot sets the whole thing up it's perfect yeah. oh it absolutely does uh and uh you know it, it's it's funny that you you kind of mentioned in in discussing you know some of his other films mm. that you know oh yeah the, the, there's there's confidence that it, this one has that some of the others don't but you talk about how you know this is a really grounded drama but it's very funny as well and oh yeah you know, from you know the first like couple of minutes there, there is a lot of comedy to be found yeah, that's a really consistent thing in Korean cinema, actually. Like even even some of the darkest, you know, thrillers that I've seen from Korea have a, a reasonable amount of humor in them. It's just, they're very good at balancing uh, this, you know, jumping from, like, the serious, like, gritty drama to this weird, wacky comedy moment and bouncing back without it ever feeling like it deflates the mood or tension or... Yeah, we've spoken about this a few times. Yeah, we're... we're, we're, we're Whereas very few, like, you know, mainstream Hollywood stuff, uh, you know, filmmakers can do that. You know, there's, there's a couple of examples, but not a lot. And even then, it's not exactly the same type of humor as this, you know. Uh, like, obviously, I, I mean, I always bring up Joss Whedon because he's very good at inserting humor into otherwise very serious things. But I, it's, I think, uh, it's different to this, though. A good example of the sort of, you know, the Western style that we're discussing here is, is another movie that came out recently that we talked about is uh, Jojo Rabbit. Mm. That does, you know, these big, serious, kind of devastating moments yet you're laughing at the same time in, in, in back and forth yeah but that's that's very because di- that, that entire is, thing yeah. from the start is a satire that that's very it much is, yeah. this is the tone of this movie is we're going to be you know ironically in the face oh. of all this stuff whereas korean cinema that we're talking about isn't that it's like no it's it's, it's doing the thing st- as straight as can be but mm. then it'll bounce into the comedy for a second and bounce back oh absolutely i'm just talking about in terms of balancing those tones that's mm. a great recent example uh so no, so the movie's fantastic at doing that. The cast is great. Uh, direction's very confident. Um, I know that they had like a you know a, a full set to play with because a lot of it's at kind of in the park's house, uh, which is where you know most of the movie takes place. Um, 
And you know, there's not a lot we can say in spoiler free, really, except to say that uh, it does have a statement. It it, it goes in surprising places. Um, it has a lot of energy. There's a lot of like, because the first half of the movie, it's almost like a heist movie in some ways. The way it's like sort of doing these montages of like the plans oh, happening, setting things up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like a heist movie. Where you can you can picture it with, <clears throat> right? Okay, and this is the plan, and you're seeing it as the voiceover is happening. And a lot of the tension, uh, at least early to mid, is kind of like you know, are they going to get caught? Uh, you know, how are they going to get found out? And there's elements of that at play, and that makes it kind of fun and suspenseful up until a point, and then it kind of introduces the new, these new elements. They kind of flip it and do these other things, and um there's actually a lot there's a lot of things that if you if you told me what i just said to everyone about this movie there's a lot of things that i might have predicted where i where you know if i was just blind if it, based on what i just said like where is this going to go um there's a lot of things i'd predict i'm not going to say them here because i don't want to rule them out <laughs> for spoiler's yeah. sake but like you know there's a lot you're of things probably wrong whatever you're thinking <laughs> yeah probably uh so no really really good uh and you know it's like i think the title like, i think it's, it's fair to say in spoiler free that the title you know the, the this family are essentially leeching off this this rich family that they're, they're kind of surrounding them and uh you know they're the parasite as it were um or, or is it the other way around you know i think that's what the movie kind of explores yeah. you know kind of thing um so that, that's where the title comes from it's, it's not you know you know like connor was thinking a science fiction parasite monster that was <laughs> making like them said, do yeah, things. That, that was something just based off the title i knew nothing else going into the movie i'd, I'd see okay the last couple of movies from this guy i know that they're in that realm i saw the title and i went well what is this and you're five minutes in i was like okay it's not um but it, it was hey, still across my mind. If any country's cinema can like start like this and then turn into that halfway through, it would be Korea. <laughs> it is true, yeah. K- Korea would pull it off. Uh, I will say that. Um, you know, but that is a strong visual style uh, throughout. You know, it's just you know, it's, it's just over two hours long, but it, it kind of flew in for me because uh, yeah. there was so much interesting things going on, and it, especially you know once it's, you start realizing what it's doing. Because I went in so cold, I didn't even know what the because what I explained to everyone at the start of the show. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know anything about this movie. But uh, yeah, we we can't just sit here and say nothing about it. Exactly. So I I went in like completely blind. Uh, except I knew who the director was. I knew there was a lot of buzz, and that was it. And I yeah, it, it's immensely satisfying. It has it, it. You know, it doesn't pull punches, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I say totally. It's 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 got like you know a lot of serious commentary. It's got some really dark moments, but very funny moments. Um. Well, that's the it, thing. It juggles it excellently. This is the thing. The funny moments in the comedy make the darker stuff feel darker because it's, it's one of these things where you're watching, like, say, um, I don't know, uh, pick a sort of light-hearted kids' adventure movie. You're watching, I don't know, The Goonies or you're watching, like, a Harry Potter or something like that. Ultimately, like you know that the characters are relatively safe right the the kids at least are relatively safe so you're kind of in this lull of uh like well it's not that it's not a nasty movie it's not a sort of movie where they're going to do something really whereas you're when you're watching something that's like r-rated directed by you know st- like you know lars von trier like the worst of the worst could happen to anyone and you're on edge the whole time right yeah so doing this thing where you have characters who feel that they're in kind of a lighthearted comedy for a few scenes and then you do something bad to them it actually hurts worse it hurts it's almost like real life where a real living breathing person that you know wasn't someone who was in dangerous situations all the time all of a sudden is in danger and you feel even worse because you know when you're watching a movie where okay sure Sylvester Stallone and Rambo is in a, a sticky situation but we've seen him tear through like hundreds of people with his knife before it's, you know he's probably going to be okay and even if he's not he's going to go out like a, a fighting hero 
hero, right? He's going to go out yeah. fighting like he, Whereas he if has. It's, if it's a really just normal person who the context we've had is just everyday life, you're inherently more worried for them. Yeah. So, so bouncing from those more lighthearted things that make us care about some of the characters, uh, even though we know what they're doing is wrong to, to an extent, and, you know, we understand. Even though it's kind of this funny thing where we could discuss the morality of this, but outside of kind of lying about who they are, I mean, they're still performing all their jobs. Like, it's not like they're they're not doing those. There's a little bit they of fraud are. involved. But... Yeah, there's a little bit of fraud, maybe a borderline theft at some points. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they take advantage of, you know, the, yeah, the, the resources they, they down. they definitely, but... you know, they're not completely clean in the morality. Yeah, they, they definitely are, like, pushing some limits, taking advantages here or there, but mostly they are also providing the services they are being paid for to a reasonable standard yeah 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 they're lying about the qualifications but they seem to be succeeding for the most part uh if i if anything the only one that arguably isn't is uh the teenage daughter because she's claiming to be this like art teacher and she's going to help their youngest boy to like you know be this great artist and like whereas every you know like the dad being a driver is like well he's still driving him and he's, he's doing it he's getting him to ATB. he's doing the job properly you know the mum being like the the maid the housemaid like yeah she's doing all the cooking and cleaning she's like you know yeah, you know, and we actually do see that the teenage boy is capable of teaching what he's teaching. Like he is actually smart, knowledgeable enough to do this. It's it's why he's recommended in the first place. Yeah. The whole idea is his friend is going off to study in a different country, who was this tutor. Um, but he's like, hey, look, I know you're not actually in college, but you know as much as I do. You can do this fine. I'll just vouch for you. Yeah, yeah, because he, uh, you know, the, the whole idea with the teenage son is that he's actually smart enough to be in college. He's actually smarter than most people who go to college. He just can't afford to go. Uh, so that, that you know the class system and the commentary kind of comes in a bit there kicking already and that's very early on that that's yeah. kicking in so yeah so uh we'll leave it there for spoiler free uh we'll say full spoilers from this point on i'll take this time to thank our patrons uh, our patreon producers that is for the month uh, so thank you to david short allison m fordice cindy palacios and tyler hess that's our patron producers for the month which means they are patrons at the 20 dollar tier or above of course you don't have to be a, a you know 20 dollar patron you can support us with as one dollar per month at patreon.com slash tv and you get bonus episodes of a couple of our movie podcasts you get some outtakes and things like that uh, whenever they happen to you know happen because you know we don't do them intentionally they just sometimes we tangent and yeah We'll cut them Pete out. near the start of this said he was about to go into a tangent. Sometimes he doesn't catch himself and I'll we just, just go it. off yeah. on one. Yeah. And I'll just cut it out and put it on Patreon. Uh, and that's all the $1 tier and then there's voting rates and all the things at the $5 tier. So go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, but anyway, full spoilers then for Parasite. And I'll make, you're, I'm warning you right now. Full spoilers for Parasite. <laughs> uh, so... So yeah, the bit, I mean, obviously there's this big change halfway through, right? And this is the thing. I, I love the first half of the movie. The first half where, you know, it's a teenage boy first and he does really well with the daughter. And we get this, we're told that the, the mom in the Park family is like very, one of these moms who researches a lot and thinks she's knowledgeable and over, like, but always over worrying about what her kids are, you know, getting education wise and all that kind of thing. And there's a moment actually when he's, he's doing like a, like a almost like a, a, a trial lesson in front of the mom. Uh, to get the job and there's a moment where he sort of like grabs her, art, her, her wrist and it's to feel her pulse because he's talking about her pulse you know not going too fast and keeping calm so i mean there's a reason for it but the moment he touches her it cuts to the moment she's like oh! she's, she's, she's ready to jump in she's like what contact physical contact what's this yeah uh, and she's terrified yeah so i really like that moment that was good uh but you know so he does that and then he recommends you know uh, an art teacher uh for for the, uh, the the little boy um yeah and 
it recommends you this this person and you know this, this is a sister and she comes in all dressed up and interviews and she insists on talking to the son on her own because that's how her lessons yeah. go and then she kind of goes i'm not really an art teacher i'm an, more art therapy and she look you know she just makes up some bullshit about some yeah. drawing that he's done it's like did something bad happen <laughs> and then yeah. was like oh my god how did you know for some reason the uh the son's got this thing about uh, native americans he's really into like uh native americans and he he's got like a headdress on a lot of the movie it's like uh, cowboys and indians is what he's playing a lot it's, it's kind of yeah I, I think this was like a further play on the social class system that they're kind of like yeah we'll just let our son you know be into this to, to an unhealthy degree um because yeah. this is the sort of thing that over time of kind you know we've kind of went away from this and said hell oh, maybe we should not uh you know turn this entire culture into a caricature that's only for like halloween costumes and shit like that yeah. um but you know, I, so I think that's kind of playing into that they're just going along with this because they, they buy him a TP and everything. Like they, they, they go. Yeah, it, it's not just they, they, you know, let him put on the the, the clothes and run around with a like toy bow and arrow. A tomahawk. He He's got a tomahawk at one He's point. Got, yeah, yeah. Still, like that. They, they go quite far with it. I mean, not a real one, obviously. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fake one. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like this movie needed more things like that. Uh. You know, so she she uh, gets the job, and then when she's been driven home by the, the father's driver, she takes off her underwear, her panties, and like tucks them under the back seat, uh, so that then the dad finds this next time he's in the car and thinks the driver is like bringing girls into the car. And this is more of the social class stuff comes up because he's talking to his wife and he's saying, "Oh, he's crossed the line." I'm like, I mean, it's one thing to do it in the car, but why cross the line going to my back seat? You know, why does he have to do it there? Kind of thing. Like, you know, this idea of crossing the line. Like, this, the dad brings yeah. this up a lot. But also, again. Like, yeah, you'd fire someone for this. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's funny, because he actually brings them out of the house and shows the wife the panties, and she's, like, picking them up with sticks and kind of, yeah. you know. Um, which is actually really funny, because later on, when they're getting intimate, uh, at one point, he says, oh, I'll go put on those panties that I found in the car. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, like they kept them. Yeah, like, well, why, why, did you, why didn't you just throw them out? Why would you keep them? I mean... Maybe because he knew Apparently he was quite kinky. Yeah, because yeah, he's, you know, it's like it's not something he wanted to bring up right away. He wanted to like let it settle for a bit, and then. But he he knew he was doing that as soon as he yeah. just didn't throw him away immediately. But you know, so they do that, and then it's from the sister who recommends. Oh, hey, I just heard of a driver who just just lost a client. Uh, do, do you want? Uh, yeah, it's like old family friend, some someone we used to know. Yeah, and that then that's when the dad gets a job. Uh, and he comes in as a driver and. Uh, actually the most elaborate ones for the mother because there's already like a you know like a, a housemaid who's there who's very dedicated they all seem to like her who's been there before the the, the family was even you know he she came with the house when they bought mm. it because uh the original architect had her which is important yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is important but for like, that's how long she's been there yeah um so we find out that she's allergic to peach fuzz uh through you know one of the conversations with the, the teenage boy has with the the daughter uh who by the way at some point in this part of the part of the movie start kissing uh and it becomes this kind of love affair and yeah you know they're, they're going to be together when she's of age and you know so better creepiness there but i think what, what was uh particularly funny is you know as much as you know he's taken his his friend's job uh, with the mentoring mm. this was exactly what his friend was doing. Yeah. they had a relationship as well and it was well as soon as she, she's gonna come off and you know join me at college you'll be fine yeah, uh, so we find out about the peach fuzz. So there's this elaborate ruse to put peach fuzz, uh, like on her like her back of her neck or whatever. Like she sort of goes up behind her and kind of gives her some peach fuzz. It, yeah. 
and this is to coincide with with the dad who who purposely like catches her in line at like, the hospital or wherever it is and then like tells the stories oh i think she i think she's got tv i think she's got yeah i think she's got something and then of course like they come home to see her coughing because she's just been dosed with peach fuzz and yeah so they and fire then they've her put, like something red on on the tissues that she's thrown in the bin as well so it looks yeah, like she's yeah. the blood and what was really fun about all this is they did a really smart thing here. Uh, I mean, in the writing, but the family, I mean, in terms of the plot, is that, like, because each one's recommended, so, like, it's not the same person who's recommended each of the other people. It's always been the new person recommends the next one. It's chain, yeah. Yeah, so they, they feel very disconnected to, to the Park family. And uh, even when, you know, the dad uh, brings it, you know, t- brings it up to Mister Park. He says, "Hey, there's a service because uh, instead of like recommending a person, they make up like a fake service that gives you like a, a house cleaner, and say, hey, there's a card, and they got a card made.' And uh, he's like, oh, you don't even have to mention me. You, you can look the hero to your wife and yeah, just say, yeah. and 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 they're like, hey, how do you know about this? Because well, they asked me to join, but then you offered me a job, so you know, no need. Yeah, it all comes across as very believable. Um, so they hire her, and she's did a good job too uh but notably the son looks and notices that both her and mr kim both smell the same and yeah. this is where they realize that they'll have to use different like you know soap and you know Shampoo detergent and, like and things like that so they all smell different um however they Luckily, do they've got four wages coming in now so they can afford it yeah at true. the start of the movie you see them all just making boxes for a pizza delivery place like yeah just putting the boxes together they also don't close the window when the fumigation's happening i would say because it's free fumigation for them even though they have to breathe it it's, in themselves yeah it, it's kind of poisonous terrible stuff it's yeah for people as well as the the bugs and actually the, the opening actually if, if this if there's nothing in the modern day that actually tells you just how poor someone is it's them going around the house trying to like find free wi-fi to, to leech off of with their phones yeah so they can look on the internet and there's like one spot above the toilet where they can get like and it's such an awkward spot as well yeah uh, they can get like a cafe's free wi-fi from that corner and that's what they're doing um so all that's good and this idea of the smell is really important actually it comes back up later um mm. you know more than that uh but so Basically, the Park family are going to wait for like a. I think it's the son's birthday. They're going to wait for a yeah, camping trip. Camping. So they leave, and it's like, hey, the house is all ours now. You know, it's all just us. You know, the, the Kims get to have the house to themselves. So they have a nice big dinner. They're all faffing about and getting drunk and uh, just you know cracking jokes and do, and the whole time I was thinking, what 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 the Parks like turn back for some reason? Like what like it's like. This is going too well, and you're like maybe halfway-ish through the movie. Yeah, like, like it's gonna go wrong. There's too much of the movie left. Yeah, you you guys can get caught so easily here. You've made too much of a mess. Like, what are you gonna do? And the doorbell goes right, and and it's like, okay, what's this? Well, it's, you're like, well, it's 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 not the parks because yeah, obviously, I mean, they're not ring the doorbell. And it's the old housekeeper, the one that get that get you know let go because she was sick, you know, quote unquote. And mm. she looks kind of rough, you know, roughed up because it's one of these uh, doorbells. They've got a camera outside, so they can sort of see who it is. And uh, she's kind of rough looking, and she's like, "Hey, I, I I was you know here for years, and I left some stuff in the basement. Could you let me in?" And uh, it seems innocent enough. She's like, "Look, I just want to get my stuff and go." Yeah, um, but it's this kind of thing where obviously she can't see the other people be there. Obviously, the the mum, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Kim's meant to be there because she's the housekeeper, you know, officially. Yeah. But the others aren't meant to be there right now. And so they all hide around the car. So we have this great sequence here where, you know, when Mrs. Kim is talking to the housekeeper and uh, the, the, the rest of the family are like round the other wall listening. You know, they're all crouched behind the, the couch listening. There's a lot of like hijinks happening here. 
Uh, but it's kind of tense because it's like, oh, well, she's seen them. What's going to happen? Uh, uh, is this where they get caught? Is this where it all comes crumbling down? And what's baffling here is that the big reveal is, is that there's a secret door in the basement. And what's funny, actually, when I was looking through the movie, because I watched this like a week and a half ago. We, we kept putting this review off for reasons. <laughs> I watched this like a month ago because I yeah. had to wait for Pete to watch it. And then um, so, so I kind of went through the movie again to sort of, you know, just remind myself of all the all the beats and there's actually a scene earlier on where she's down in the basement like getting a jar or something and she's kind of startled when the mrs park comes down to speak to her I was like oh okay nice little bit of seating there bit of foreshadowing yeah. uh but there's a secret door and down this door into the secret basement area uh is a man turns out it's the housekeeper's husband and he's been here leeching off the parks just like they have been kind of in a, in a way he's, like he's been down here for years like he's yeah. not left in like a decade or longer yeah i think she says something like uh he's got so much debt that they're looking for him that this was him hiding just to... yeah it kind of sounds like he got in with the wrong crowd with the borrowing and, yeah uh, and it's like not just a, a bank this is they'll kill him and she's begging she's begging uh mrs kim to like not rat them out like let them just just, just give him one meal a day that's all you gotta do just just, just put some food in there once a day he'll be mm. fine and she's begging and the rest of the family at this point are on the stairs and they're all listening they're all just confused and so it's this wonderful thing so the twist here so far is that someone was already doing this it's not the exact same thing but essentially someone was already up to no good and like sort of leeching off this family uh and now you know and this is the point where the family all fall down the stairs and they, they so they see all the family together at one point uh the, the son calls you know mr kim dad and you know the housekeeper you know I'll give her credit. She whips out her phone and starts recording very quickly, and she gets this on camera. And again, it's something that is so believable because I feel like a lot of movies, especially, I feel like it's really egregious in like horror films as well. Like, you mm. know, we'll just any excuse for the characters to not happen to use their phone in a situation where, in reality, people would. And and this here is is one of those things where. Because often you feel it as they're, they're writing their way out of it. It's an excuse. You kind of mm. have to let it slide. Or, oh, the movie won't work otherwise. Hey, but when not, they can do it and have it work. Not only do they use this, they use it so well because for the next little bit of the movie, it becomes this almost like a detonating, like, you know, it's, it's almost as if someone's got a bomb and they're going to blow it if they don't do what they say because they mm. actually start a text with a video, the video embedded in the text, but they've just not clicked send to the to the parks. And it's like, oh, you're going to do what we say or I'm going to press send. So we get a point where they're upstairs and all four of the, the, the Kims are all sort of get their hands up and like they're just sitting on the, the couch just like eating and like being happy and like, oh, what will we do with all this information? And, uh, you know, it, it begins, we end up getting this slow motion like thing where one of them distracts them and the phone goes flying in the air and they're all wrestling for the phone. And so... Even before we get to the, the risk of the parts coming back, like all this stuff is extremely entertaining. It's extremely tense. It's it's funny in places because of this. You know what they're using to like you know threaten them with is just really funny. Just the entire context of there, there was someone else hiding in this basement, and it, this has been going on for years. And the the parks are just this gullible. Yeah, and they could uh, now rat them out. But at the same time, if they rat them out, then their husband is going to have to find somewhere else to hide. So I mean. If they had more time to think about it, it's something the Kims may have been able to argue. It's like, well, yeah, but then your husband won't be able to hide here anymore. So maybe we make maybe we make a deal. Maybe we do to feed them and keep things going okay mm. uh, for the time being. Uh, but of course, the phone rings and uh, it's Mrs. Park. There's something wrong. I can't remember what she said was wrong, but something's wrong with the camp site. Uh, we're turning back. Uh, we're coming back. Can you? The, the rain because this is about when the, the rain's really bad sure yeah that yeah, makes sense uh, and she's like oh can you uh, start making this thing it's basically ramen with some steak in it <laughs> that's basically what it was uh 
but it's a specific name it's like hey if you put it on now it should be ready for the time we get back and she's like oh how long is that and she's like ah 15 minutes <laughs> give or take and, and they're all like shit look at this place yeah because if just before before you know the housekeeper came back they were just eating and drinking stuff at the table so the table is covered in trash and like, it's just like uh, empty bottles of, of booze everywhere yeah so they end up so we get this quick montage of them clearing everything up and hiding it under the table and under the couch and not really cleaning it properly just enough to make it look okay for them walking past it so they can clean it later uh and so super fun stuff all very good and then the three family members the three uh kims who are not meant to be there are hiding under the table uh in the in the living room in, in the coffee table yeah um the son's actually hiding up underneath the girl's bed for her because he was trying to put her diary back <laughs> and then he ends up with them later. Yeah. Uh, but they're all on, under there and because the parks come down because the son's insisting on camping outside because he can't camp, you know, at the camping grounds. He wants to camp at home in the t- his teepee. So the parents say, oh, we'll just sleep in the couch then. So they're right next to the coffee table. And this is where they get kind of intimate uh, at one point and they're kind of, you know, and they're having to listen to it from under the table. They're also having to listen to them talk about Mr. Kim because uh, Mr. Park starts talking about how he's got a smell and how it smells like someone that he'd smell in the subway and uh, how it just lingers. S- s- smells of poor is what he's saying. That's, that's essentially what he's saying. And you have to look, because this is probably where the real... Th- I think this is really obviously it's always been about class the whole movie and all all those themes were really heavily done up until this point, but it's watching uh, Kim's face as he says this, trying to trying to smell himself during this as well. Yeah, and just watching kind of his reaction to it, where you kind of really get the uh, what it's really hitting at here, the emotional side of this, and how you know what effect this is having on him because it's not like it's not like the Kims are perfect people; they're doing things that are bad. No, no, but at this point as well, like you know, he's been doing this job for a few weeks few months you know it's hard to tell the exact past your time to be honest yeah yeah because there's a lot of montages uh, so it's hard to yeah yeah but he's been doing this job um reasonably well you know the, the, there's been you know no complaints about his work in any of this bit either like you know you know i think he even acknowledges that yeah no he's a he's a good driver he, he never crosses that line he's he's always just there and does his job and he's always on time but but then he just you know he's like but he smells a poor essentially and he, he's just kind of a bit a bit heartbroken that he he's just you know doing a good job and still you know can't get out of the situation that he was in yeah um it is it obviously a lot of what this is saying about social classes how hard it is to rise up from a lower class up to you know into the middle or upper class like how, how hard that claim is and the movie really, the ending of the movie really hits that point home but the uh you know even here this idea that you know even they're putting on the presentation they're all getting dressed up to do these jobs but you know there's still something they're noticing about them not belonging here and it's mm. something the son has as well as a moment later on at the, the birthday party where the son's just kind of looking out at everyone he turns to the teenage daughter and says do i belong here and you know it's, this is a question that kind of starts to really permeate in them uh permutates in them sorry uh so you know so we have this thing and then eventually when they fall asleep we get this great sequence of them all crawling out on their you know on their on their knees and elbows uh, over to the stairs because the house is, it's a really fancy rich house and it's got this great design where the stairs go down on because it's, it's kind of like the house is above the the, the garage uh yeah. so the stairs kind of go down by by the garage and that's how you get out well, it's, it's one of the exits anyway it's not the only exit but yeah yeah but it's fancy so you come in the door and then up some stairs into the the living room essentially yeah. then very very swish um but it's just that's because three of them go, Mr. Kim goes last and he's crawling across. And it's just at this point where, like, the, the son's got outside, he's got like a walkie talkie and he starts talking to his parents and the lightning starts flashing. 
probably one of the best moments from a pure filmmaking standpoint here is when the lightning flashes and Mr. Kim is basically just lying there not moving, hoping they don't see him. But looking terrified. Yeah, but he's, he's clearly visible. Like, if, if they just have... They just turn a little bit, that's it. Yeah, um, but I mean, I buy it, they don't see him though because they're just kind of half asleep still. They're just kind of waking up and they're... And they're yeah. not looking in that direction because they yeah. think there's no need to. They're looking out of the sun right in front of them. Yeah. There's, there's no reason to turn. So, you know, so they get out. And, but when they get out, it's pouring of rain. They're running, you know, because we're all wearing basically pajamas, you know, before. Uh, so they're running out in this pouring rain in pajamas and they don't know what to do. Uh, and in fact, one thing I've glossed over here is that you're probably, if you, if, you know, if you listen to this description and you've not seen the movie, why you're listening to this part if you've not seen the movie, I don't know. Uh, but you're probably wondering, where's the housekeeper and her husband, right? Uh, so they actually fight them down to downstairs and they get hurt. And it ends with probably one of the funniest moments. And this is actually a great example of the comedy turning really dark very quickly because there's this moment right at the end, just as the parts are coming in, uh, the housekeeper's running back up the stairs. She's about to come out the secret e- exit uh, into the, where the, the actual sort of main basement where the cellar and the, you know, the all the supplies are. The wine cellar. Yeah. And Mrs. Kim, who's just finished making the food, she's holding two plates in her hand, just kicks her. Like, she's behind her and she just kicks her and walks forward with the plates. And it's really funny. It's so she funny. Goes flying down the stairs. She does. Ahead. It's really funny until the landing. And then the landing's her hitting her head off a pipe. And it looks really bad. And it's like, is she dead? Did she just die? Because she might have just yeah. died. It's it's your first thought immediately. It's like, oh shit, that got bad. Because it, it's so dramatic. Yeah, obviously, uh, um, you know, obviously Mrs. Kim's not ran away with them because she's supposed to be there. But yeah. the other three are running home and they're soaking wet and they're like, what do we do about the housekeeper and that? Maybe we should try and talk to them, figure things out, make a deal. Uh, we can't just leave them down there. And, it's, you know, to, and to, to the, the, the Kim's credit, you know, later on as well at the party, at one point they say, hey, we should probably take them down some food. They've been there since yesterday without any. You know, they're not mm. complete monsters. They do actually, not, they don't want them to just starve to death down there. Yeah, they're not trying to kill them. They yeah. just want to continue their, their cushy lifestyle that they've got going on now. Which feeds into heavily the themes of the movie. This idea of scraping and fighting to get a better life and then once you've got yours actually becoming a monster to the people beneath you because you don't want to give it up or relinquish any part of that that comfortable lifestyle yeah. that you've achieved they've almost achieved this weird not middle class but middle in the terms of what we see in the movie um this idea that now to these two people they're the monsters and they are being just as awful to them as the the, the parks have been uh, to them so it it's this vicious cycle of once you know once you've got yours oh screw you i've got mine kind of attitude which is you know a very unhealthy thing it's a very <laughs> healthy thing that i think anyone who's not rich would probably agree with that sentiment that we shouldn't yeah, act like I that mean, it, it's it's a huge criticism of of capitalism as a whole um not the only movie from 2019 either that there's you know a mm-hmm. handful of movies that kind of fall into that kind of uh theme this year this is the, the best of them don't get me wrong but uh there's a, there's a few that are doing it um not subtly either yeah. i think what i like about it as well is that i don't even think the parks are always aware of how they're making people beneath them feel right i think there's there's, there's definitely some that's just kind of almost their willful ignorance or their you know and i think it's just kind of the same thing here to to a same to a, so that's kind of an extreme extent is that the the Kims don't try to make these two people's lives worse, but they do accidentally kill the wife and you know make their lives much worse. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's like you know, like with a 
with, with uh, Mr. Park, for example, when he, he's talking about you know, the, the smell mm. that, that, that he has, he never says that to his face. He, as far as he's concerned, he's alone in, in, the, in the comfort of his own house with just his wife there. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's not being malicious to to him, you know, himself. He's just he's kind of aware, but he, he's got enough politeness not to say it to him. Yeah, and it's not like yeah, because he's yeah, he doesn't say it to his face. There is kind of a moment towards the end where he does kind of say something that feels a bit more mean, um, and it is to his face, and he kind of like okay. Right, you, you've crossed. Yeah. You've crossed the line there. Not him. Like you're Absolutely. The one, but, but up to that point, he obviously feels this way, and he's he's not even treating him that badly. But he just d- doesn't go out of his way to do anything nice, or you know, or be any, anything better than the bare minimum. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of this. You know, like we're talking. About, I'm talking about uh, the Kim saying we should take them down food. Like that kind of feels like we we see with like you know someone who's upper class saying, "Oh, we'll do something nice for the poor people," but not more than makes our lives worse yeah the the bare minimum that we can get away with it looks like we're doing something yeah so it's kind of how like even just this level of fake success has turned them kind of into the the capitalist monsters that (laughs) that the parks you know seem to be but i I think to to the movie's credit again like i don't think any tier of the fam families in this movie feel particularly overly villainous on their own like they, they they all feel like they're reasonable enough to an extent and then the system has made them what they are right you know yes. so so much of the system is why they're in the position they're in and it's not it's not they're not it's not i'm not saying that none of them have made bad choices that none of them are in this position because they don't try in the right way but clearly the system is is created this world where it's so hard for them to rise up into the other tier and uh, i mean because you know sure maybe mr kim and his family made a lot of bad choices well maybe not the kids but the, the parents made a lot of bad choices and that's why they're in this this basement apartment to begin with maybe that's why but we don't know for sure you know we don't no. know what factors led to this and and at the same time though the parks aren't terrible people no you know, not at all they're, they're eccentric and rich don't be wrong and you know they've got their problems but they're not malicious um which i think is the the important part here it's just again you know it is just to this is how they are because they don't see any better because that's the level they're at in the system yeah uh so so they're down there um of course by the time uh, so we're back to them running the rain uh the the, the basement apartment's flooded it's uh completely yeah. soaking wet and because they end up at a shelter you know there's like a gymnasium or whatever but obviously everyone in the town from these areas are all living for the night uh, until things dry up and i was actually thinking surely like they'll have no clean clothes because they're, they're all invited to this party for the for the sun yeah. for park the park sun and i'm like well surely i, I thought it was going to be a struggle to get like clean clothes for that and get showered and stuff but see, the, the, the movie glosses over it. it's not important so whatever I, I guess the shelter provides it people donated i don't know yeah, I guess. Um, it's yeah. one of those, at that point, though, it feels like almost divine retribution for them reaching too far. They had that moment of that night in the in the mm. house where, where they thought they were better than this, and then now they've got nothing. They haven't even got what they had before because they tried to get what they had and through, you know, arguably immoral means. Yeah, they cheated their way to it, and, uh, you know... It's almost like maybe it's come up and then you look at what's happening to him. It's like, did they deserve this though? <laughs> like, I don't exactly. Know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that that thing where it definitely it feels like it's that. But you know, it's it's a punishment for trying. You know, they gambled it and and they they lost. Not only did they not get up, you know, to the next tier, they they lost what they had already. So they go to this this birthday party. Uh, Mr. Kim is asked to go with Mr. Park to uh, wear you know the Native American headdresses and jump out and pretend to be you know 
bad guys so that the son can be the hero and whatever. Uh, and it's during this scene where Mr. You know, uh, Mr. Kim is making some small talk and he's saying, oh, your wife's really into this party. And he's like, yeah, yeah, she's always into parties. Although she's especially into this one. He's like, well, you know, you're, you're doing your best. And in that line, the fact that he's giving him like some sort of compliment about him as a person is like, you know, Mr. Park sees this as him crossing the line. No, no, we're not friends. Let's make this clear. This is part of your job. Um, yeah. And you're being paid extra for this. So it all comes back to money. You know, he doesn't look at him as a human being. He looks at him as an employee. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think... <laughs> Once you've got him at your son's birthday party, like you're definitely at least friendly colleagues. <laughs> like you're you're beyond, you know. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if it's slightly different when the the employee in question is at your house all the time anyway, because that's part of their job. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I can only go from what I've seen here because I, I've never had uh, an employee in the house, <laughs> <laughs> nor have I ever been an employee in someone else's house. Uh, but th- I've always seen it kind of as a slightly. I mean. It depends what it is and how often you're there, I suppose. But certainly the uh, the housekeeper, it feels like she's kind of this like surrogate part of the family. You know, like, it feels like you know over time you get to know her enough that she is kind of there. And uh, uh, in theory, not not actually in this movie, not in this but movie, in theory, but typically, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, but you know, it's it's this weird thing where you, you like he he's like no 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 we're not friends, and you know, Mister Kim looks just he's got this like blank stare on him right now. Um, at this point. And it's during this uh, where things get really hairy because when they go down, when the uh, it's the daughter goes down to try and like, give them some food, uh, so the the housekeeper is basically already dead. You know, she she's technically wheezing, but like you know, she's she's gone. Uh, yeah. The the husband down here is is kind of far gone. He's been buying his head on the wall and things like that. He he runs at her and stabs the daughter. Uh, well, actually, that's upstairs. Sorry, sorry. It's the son. It's the son goes down. Sorry, it's not the son daughter. Goes down. Yeah, the daughter's up in the up in the party, the the, the back yard, because uh, the son goes down, uh, and he gets attacked, and he runs away. But he he's he's he gets like hooked on this like chain that the 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 guy's like chasing after. So we get this this really dark moment where the son runs out of the the, the stairs way, and the chain just yanks back, and he falls back. And he comes up and he kills him with this rock, which was actually introduced at the start of the movie. It was his friend who recommended him for the job in the first place, who bought him something, a present, but it was this rock. Yeah, it was a rock <laughs> that I think his, his his friend's grandfather owned. And it's this this thing that I, I, I guess this is something that we're just not aware of, but it's some cultural thing where it's like a, a good fortune. Like, oh, you know, if if you have this sort of stone in your house, it'll you know bring your family good luck and good wealth. Yeah, yeah, we don't get that. I, at the very least, though, I kind of took it just with my my lack of that understanding as just kind of like his rich friend got him a rock, something that's not actually that useful. It's just kind of like it's the sentiments there, but it's really meaningless. The there, but the, the even like the you know the, the the father seems genuinely grateful by the gift. Like, so I'm assuming it isn't just a a meaningless trinket. Like, they 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 genuinely do appreciate, it, even if it is, you know, meaningless to to us in the context that it has no real world value. In, in yeah. Improve that. So I'm just going to adjust your camera because you sat up a little bit too much, yeah, and I'm, I'm fixing it. Uh, so uh, yeah, so he, he he drops this rock in his head multiple times. Uh, there's a great moment actually where he he takes a drink of the uh, what was it? Was it pickles or something? I don't know. There's like there's like a jar of something. He drinks the juice something, out of it, yeah. and he smashes it on the ground. There's a great moment actually at the end of the scene where uh, the blood coming from the sun and the juice from the pickle jar. Uh, kind of meets and it's this perfect line of two liquids meeting each other without mixing 
because presumably they're just, the juice from this jar is just thick enough that it's not just mixing like you know. yeah well it's like it's like oil and water yeah uh and it just looks really good it's just it's not mixing i think there's something beautiful about that it's like the matter yeah yeah the idea that you know that they're always separate yeah so really really well done and then he runs up and he's, he's got a bloody face you know this guy this husband he grabs a knife from the kitchen he walks into the backyard and just walks up and stabs uh the daughter the, the you know the, the kim daughter uh, and everyone freaks out. The park sun faints. They all want to go. And the straw that breaks the camel's back for Mister Kim is obviously Mister Kim and Missus Kim. Even though they're under, you know, the guise of like doing their jobs here, they both run to their daughter and they try to help. And which looks, I mean, even it looks fine because it's like oh, someone just gets stabbed and they try to help. It doesn't really yeah, say anything. Yeah, it looks like they're just being the the good Samaritans. Yeah, um, but basically because the park sun's fainted. Um, and it's worth mentioning that you know, the 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 bad guy here, the the husband, has been stabbed with the barbecue skewer, so he's he's down now too. Like he's yeah. he's dead. Uh, but Mister Mister Park doesn't care about the girl who's dying in his arms. He's like, no, we need to go to the hospital now for my son. Just, just get my son and go. Yeah, uh, and then he just demands the keys eventually. Uh, and basically, this this lack of caring about this other person here who's dying uh, flips a switch. Yeah, for for Mister Park, uh, for Mister Kim, sorry, and he just gets up. He pulls the knife out of the you know the dead the dead you know housekeeper's husband, and just walks up and stabs Mister Mister Park. Uh, so it's just chaos. There's just chaos happening at this point in the movie. Everything's going. It's, it's brutal. There's blood everywhere. Absolute shenanigans, and you feel really yeah. bad because after this, you know, because he just walks off somewhere. Uh, Mr. Mr. Kim does, and afterwards we find out that his son did survive, the Park son did survive, sorry, the Kim son, sorry, survived. Uh, you know, he got bashed into the head with a rock, he's got some damage, but he is, he does wake up in the hospital. But we find out that his sister didn't make it. Yeah, that her stab wounds did kill her. And uh, Mrs. Park and her son are found guilty of a bunch of things. They don't go to prison, but they, they, they are found guilty of, like, you know, fraud and things like that. Um, and actually, the mum may go to prison. He, he doesn't know. He definitely does. Yeah, the mom does go to prison, I think, but he doesn't go to prison. Um, and he, you know, he he goes by and looks at the house, and he basically figures out that uh, his his dad is now hiding in the basement uh, of of the park house, uh, which he, he kind of communicates because there's a, it was set up earlier on. There's a switch down there that sort of makes one of the light flickers. Yeah, uh, and they talk about Morse code and, yeah. and you know why they they kind of know it. So, so Mr. Kim from the basement does use Morse code because all the books to do Morse code are down there, and he sends out a message which his son does get, and he kind of like you know translates it all and uh, yeah, and the message like you know part of it is like hey, I'm I'm doing this every night just to hope you see it. And yeah, uh, but uh, the stuff with the themes here though is that he's down there and he talks about how every so often he'll sneak up and sneaking up to steal some food is very is very risky because he may get caught but he has to do it or he'll die so he sneaks up and he gets some food and you know for for a moment he gets to like be up there in the real world but then he has to go back down to his place again it's just this like his situation is even worse you know where yeah. he's he's now at the bottom at the lowest place in the ladder uh of the social world and it's, it's just it really emphasizes this idea that if you, if you try and take from the cookie jar, if you get caught, you'll be punished for it. You know what that's it's kind of obvious what that's said about society. That if you try to rise up out of your place, you'll be put back down. Um, yeah, and you'll and you'll probably be in a worse place than you were before. Yeah. So and it does this thing, and I know some people get really bummed out by this ending because it does this really hopeful part where the son kind of res- writes a letter in response, which he's you know his father's never going to get to read because he can't communicate to him. Mm. Um. But he writes this response about how he's going to go to college like he planned. He's going to, you know, get a good degree, get a good job, 
be successful enough that one day he's going to buy that damn house because uh, it makes it very do it, the, do it the right way yeah but it makes it very clear that you because know, the parks actually move right away because they don't want to live there anymore but this new german family's moved in so there's, there's new owners in the house uh and we you know we get this montage where he's you know uh the parks oh, sorry the kim's son's older now and he, he walks in he's got a business suit on he buys the house his mom's there as well he looks older and we get this you know touching sort of moment where mr mr kim comes out the basement into the, the main area and for the first time, he can just walk right out and he hugs his son. And it's this, you know, a great moment. Movie fades to black. And if that was the ending, that would work as an ending because it would be this kind of hopeful, like, you know, one day maybe he can rise up from the bottom. He can do it the right way and that can save his father, right? And it yeah. c- even though, I mean, arguably his father did kill someone. He's not necessarily innocent, but... No, no, but you kind of justified it in the terms of who these characters are in the yeah. movie. And, and it, it, it gives this context of... They got punished because they tried to cheat. Mm. Whereas if you work the system properly and do it fairly, you know, you'll get your rewards that you deserve. But the harsh truth of it is, is that that's very hard and most people won't get to make it. And the movie after it faced to black repeats the same shot as the opening. It starts off in the street at the window and just comes down to him finishing his letter. And it's like, he's not done this yet. He's going to try and do it. He's saying he's going to do it, but he, he probably won't make it. Yeah. And that's when the movie really ends. Uh, and it's a really bittersweet ending. It's this really sort of harsh reality moment of he's going to try. And your director uh, has talked about how, you know, like, yeah, it was tempting to just give everyone that happy moment at the end and give everyone this hopeful, like, you know, maybe he can do it. But the point of the movie isn't to say that we can all make it in the system. The point is to show the flaws of the system and show why it's not working and why it isn't perfect and it, why. It, it kind of leaves it sad as well in the sense that all this has done is make someone else feel like they need to work through the system rather than do mm-hmm. something else entirely right and, yeah r- and rather than try and change the system they're just they're, they're a slave to it now because they feel like they have to fine i will work this and, and you say there is still a hopeful element of that ending in that he's going to try and maybe he will succeed but i think the ultimate but, message of the movie and whenever we do talk about the system and how many people are under certain you know lines of class or even the poverty line it's it's, it's like you know people say if you work really hard you can make it and you can have that success but the percentage of people who are making it should be much higher. The percentage of people who are living comfortable lives should be far higher than it actually is. Yeah, there are people who are working hard, like working two jobs, yet are, you know, borderline still in poverty. And will never, and will never necessarily rise that much above that line. Yeah, exactly. Because the system's just against them, um, and you know, I, it's it's something that I think we can all relate to, and it's something that I think, unless you're, you know, one of the one percenters, or, you know, really rich, in which case, you know, fair enough. In this case, this movie's not really for you, but okay. Hey, no, maybe, you know, maybe some people, you know, watch this movie, and, like, maybe, maybe it inspires something in them, because every so often you get a rich person who does actually have a good attitude about this stuff, and will, you know, give to... Yeah, okay. You know. it, it was broad strokes there, you know, sure. I'm generalizing. Yeah, um, because I, I I do not think this movie is... I think we've made this clear, but I want to really emphasize this at the end. This movie is not about hating the rich for having success. This movie is saying that the system is is set up wrong so that not enough people can feel that safe or that successful. Yeah, because like I say, uh, while even at the highest tier, the richest, they have some definitely negative traits, so do the, the poor people have some negative traits. And, yeah. you know, they're not... No, no one in this movie is actively malicious and, outside uh, a couple of key moments. And it's worth mentioning that the, the rich family in this movie are rich, but they're not like we're, we're not talking like billionaires here. We're talking 
healthily rich where they have a nice house, they can afford nice things, they're comfortable, but they're not like, we're not talking about like, you know, <laughs> like Bezos or, <laughs> or no, Bill the, Gates the or anything like that. goes to work and does a job. Yeah, does yeah. A very well paid job, but a job. Yeah, I guess what I mean is, you know, when we talk about the 1%, this is not necessarily the 1%, this is... I mean, maybe it is the one. I don't know what the, the, the actual bar, barrier is to but be it, in the 1%. It's not the, it's not the 1% of the 1%. It's yeah, not yeah. The, the mega rich. It, it's, it's, not, it's not immorally rich, is what I'm trying to say. Because, you know, I, I do think there's a point where, you know, some some of these people are making, like, you know, tens of billions a year. Obscene amounts, yeah. And it's like... You're ne- like even if you buy like a new house every year, you'll never spend all that. <laughs> you don't need it. You just these, don't these need are, it. <laughs> no, these are definitely more than comfortably rich because they've got you know they they hire a, a living maid and, and drivers and tutors for the sure. kids. But they are not like they're not taking a private jet everywhere. Yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with the amount of wealth this family has. I think this is a fair like I I'm happy for people to have this amount of success if they if they get there. Um, I just think more people should be able to get there. Uh, yeah, this should be an easier uh, thing to do, or you know, whatever we can't accomplish well, that. The the movie, the, it yeah. never, it, it doesn't vilify anyone for desiring to want that next stage, but uh, but also it, it doesn't vilify the people who have it. You know, it's it's they're not doing anything wrong just for having that either. You know, they, they got there presumably some way or another, and then. Because they had that, you know, settled into that this complacency and you know, and shit. I mean, yeah, I think maybe one of the big things we've not mentioned yet is how the system kind of almost encourages people in different classes to hate one another. Like, you know, the the, the attitude that Mister Park has towards poor people, how that's encouraged by the system and the, the way it puts him in this place where he's supposed to look down on people because they've not succeeded like him and how it makes the Kims want to hate people at the parks and see them as these rich assholes who... Because they've got what they don't have and uh, yeah. uh, what they feel they deserve more. So the system encourages that these feelings and these feelings of uh, uh, jealousy and or kind of, you know, resentment and so on and so on. Like, there's all, all, all these things. It's, it's, it's looking at all these things without actually vilifying the people. It's saying that these people are almost conditioned to think this way because of the way things are. And... Yeah. Uh, it does it with humor, suspense, uh, good emotional, dramatic moments, uh, very exciting, unexpected, you know, plot developments as well. It's, it's got you a know, bit of everything, doesn't it? It's it's got all of these things. It's, it's you know, I I really enjoyed it when I was watching it, and then the more I thought about it afterwards, like I I come to respect it even more because it is kind of a full package. It has everything you need to you know, be be a fully fleshed out filmmaking experiment because it has yeah. all of the layers. It has characters that we care about. Has good direction. Has all these things. It's got yeah, like I say, you know, great acting, great cinematography. You know, everything's there. Like you know, we've talked about that that main shot of the you know the going down the level that is at the start and the end. But also just when it's just very tense in the house when they're creeping around or uh, when the, the there's the fights going on when they're rushing because oh maybe the family's coming back. The, the camera work and the music, it's all working together to, to make this work just so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all fantastic. And the, the, I understand the set of the house was built, like, ridiculously, like, because they knew what they wanted to do, so everything was built to accommodate, like, all it's their... It's very particular and unusual, but n- not so unusual that it's unbelievable for a rich house. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't even just mean the layout, though. I mean more, like... Also, like we want to do these shots, so we're going to have to make sure that you know all make these things. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So, which is normal for set building, but really intricately. Because I think this entire movie, I'm sure, I'm sure I read they had the whole thing storyboarded. Like the whole thing was like put down on paper. I think that's kind of unusual for a movie of this style to be that that exactly story yeah that's normal for like sci-fi or like effects stuff and action stuff because you have all the stunts and the visual effects to accommodate so you have to really pinpoint what a lot of that's going to be uh when it's just scenes of people in rooms like talking or things like that is yeah it's just less usual uh to have everything completely mapped out like that but mm. um and that neither way is right or wrong I, I i think there's an art to like going in and doing your basic coverage and then trying some different things and then like almost letting the artistry of the edit kind of put it together i think that's equally yeah, just getting like what looks right in the room yeah um i, I think that's equal as valid as, as completely mapping out exactly what all your shots are in the first place i think there's there's, there's an artistry to both of them and they both work different completely different styles and talents but yeah. hey it, it both can very clearly get great results so yeah that's parasite uh it's fantastic basically <laughs> yeah I, I said at the start that it was like flawless and i couldn't think of anything bad to say about it and i've i've thought that before going into reviews here or there or you know the opposite and i'll Things will pop up as we talk. Oh, there's that little nitpick. I've got nothing. I've got mm-hmm. nothing to nitpick about, which is so rare. Yeah, I. Yeah, because we're at ratings now, uh, and I like. I can't really nitpick or, or point to anything that I don't like about it either, uh, which would maybe indicate that I should give it a perfect score. And I'm not going to because I don't think I'm ready to go there. And I don't, you know, like I feel like it really has to. I, I've always said that. There's no such thing as a perfect movie, right? If I give something a 10, it's not because it's flawless. It's because, you know, everything... I'll put it this way. The actual, like, threshold where the quality can't go any higher is really a 9. Or maybe, arguably maybe a 9.5 if you want to go, go with that. A 9.5 because we use a 0.5 yeah. in our system. So I would yeah. say, yeah. Um, but that, that final beat, that final thing that makes you give it that perfect score is less to do about it having a higher quality than something else you give a 9 or a 9.5. It's more about just... Uh, what it means to you personally that personal it's, connection yeah how it makes you feel when you're watching or when you finish the movie if it, you know finish the movie or if an emotional resonance just something extra that gives yeah. you that push um and i'm not ready to give it that yet <laughs> maybe more viewings more time to digest it uh, it's the sort of thing that maybe could get there but um as it is i think it's a wonderful nine out of ten and uh, clearly one of the best of 2019 obviously all of our top 10s will be happening in march for 2019 so look forward to that uh mm-hmm. that's coming up uh but what are you uh what are you giving it uh i am gonna give it the 10 uh i gave it that when i came out just as a reaction i was like oh shit right you know, that was my thought and i've done this in the past where <clears> i've done that and then gone back and gone hmm, do you know what after some time i've let it sit with me it's it's gone down but this has been nearly a full month since I watched it. What's what's funny? And I still feel the same. What's actually funny for me is it's actually kind of went up for me. Not because not that I, I thought it wasn't that good when I first saw it, because I thought it was great. But I think the buzz because I, I couldn't see it until this month, and, it, and the buzz has been building since like October. The buzz, like the, the the hype levels for this were so insanely high that I was expecting to be completely blown away, and it was really great. But I didn't feel blown away. Um. It was only afterwards when I thought about it more and more that it kind of crept back up to like, no, this is actually like, really good. I kind of get what people are saying. But I, I, I think there was just an expectation of like seeing, I don't know, uh, <laughs> like I don't, pick, pick a movie that I've given, you know, a nine or a ten to, but you know, I, I was expecting to feel like I, I did when I watched like uh, Aliens for the first time or so, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I wasn't 
had quite as much expectation going in. I didn't have that level. I hadn't seen loads about it. I'd seen a few people go, oh, this is really good. I was like, all right, then. And you know, I thought, well, why not? No, you might as well. And so it kind of caught me off guard in just how good it was, even after some of the buzz. Yeah, so there you go. Parasite's fantastic. Now, it's worth mentioning, we have, I think, three more vote winners to do from previous months. Um, if those of you who are eagle-eyed patrons will notice that there wasn't a vote that went up this month with the rest of the, the votes. Uh, and the reason for that is, A, because we're behind. I didn't want to keep stacking like a, a list of things that to do uh, you know, before we actually cut up. And then the other reason is that I think until, outside of those vote winners, which some of which may not even happen until after we've done our top 10, so some of those might not even come till March. Because I think what benefits us now um, is maybe doing some more 2019 catch-up uh, on the show before we get to our, our top 10s. So I've got a, a few in the list that I think we should get to. Although one of the vote winners was a 2019 movie, so we'll definitely do that in the next little while. Okay. Well, I've watched like 40-odd 2019 movies this month, so go ahead and pick one. <laughs> Um, we'll see if they line up, but I, I, I think that's maybe the, the best thing to do. Obviously, we've not been hitting these influxes weekly, uh, at least for these old. Well, that's not an old movie, but you know what I mean, like not uh, new releases. Um, uh, which is you can note because if you're watching on YouTube, uh, this is a gold overlay as opposed to the blue overlay. And the blue overlay is the new movies. Uh, which recently we you know we did Jojo Rabbit, Me and Tower did 1917. Uh, next one up will probably be Birds of Prey, uh, and then there's yeah, some will. there's some more stuff coming after that. Uh, actually, that, that's not really in February because most of February is actually because there's a lot of new movies I ain't seen in theaters in February, but it's all screams movies after Birds of Prey. It's Invisible Man. Well, well, hang on, hang on. You are overlooking one very important movie in February, and I will not stand for this. What? Sonic the goddamn Hedgehog. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll do. I'll review Sonic. Let's just go outside it. I'll review Sonic. <laughs> I'll go see if, if if you want to review it. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll review Sonic. <laughs> It'll probably be terrible, but why not? I, I grew up on Sonic. The you know I, I played Sonic one mostly Sonic two though. Sonic two was my jam back in the uh, Sega Mega Drive. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so so that, that's some movie stuff coming up. Um, now I'm not saying the votes are done forever on Patreon. The votes will lately return. Uh, once we're past uh, top 10 season and once we're past catching up in the votes that have already happened because we're, we're behind on them. One, one of the other movies should be soonish because I watched it, well, it's like two months ago now, but uh, just wait on Pete to finish it off. I'm not making promises, so it'll come when it comes. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the plans coming up. Uh, obviously, though, check out our other movie shows. Uh, Streams After Midnight is myself and Tim doing horror movies, which does include a lot of new films. Um, we've not done our top... Tw we're actually doing 2019 catch-up season ourselves on that show uh, over the next couple of months as well on the build-up to our top 10s, which we'll do it around the same time as the, the main top 10s uh, for this show. Uh, also, the Atomic Cinema Experiment, The Ace, the sci-fi movie podcast I do with Tara, uh, which isn't doing 2019 catch-up because there's not actually as many sci-fi movies out every year uh, to do that with. So it's just... Business as usual. They, they, they tend to be more expensive than the horror ones. They just shit out constantly. Well, you say that. We've been doing a lot of 70s uh, sci-fi. Uh... Okay, modern sci-fi movies tend to... Um, not exclusively. You get a low-budget sci-fi. That's, that's a thing. You don't get as many with, with, with the releases. So you do that. Anyway, so you know, like and subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show, you can rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Uh, more people will find us that way. Uh, we mentioned Patreon earlier if you want to support us financially for as little as a dollar per month. Uh, and then otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And if you can get it, it's always nice to have diplomatic immunity.